and welcome to The Importance of Staying Earnest, where we discuss the elements of taking on a career in the arts as a young person in the modern day. So sit down, stand up, grab a tea or something stronger, and come with us on our journey to find some direction in our lives. This week, we're talking about something that can often stir up some complicated feelings, and that is changing your mind. There is a lot of talk that flies around about not quitting, and so it can take a lot of wisdom and courage to really have the decision with yourself about what you want to do and that discussion with yourself about what you want to do. So with us today to talk about all things music and theatre is the wonderful Francesca Cornell. Welcome, Cheska. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, no worries. How are you? I'm good, yeah, very excited to be on the podcast. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, so for the lovely people listening, would you like to just say a little bit about what you do, what it is that you're doing at the moment? Yeah, sure. So I, well, I did an undergraduate degree in music at the University of Sheffield, where I specialised in jazz vocals. And I'm currently applying to do a master's in musical theatre at a drama school. Um, so yeah that was my kind of change of plan from going from jazz to musical theatre yeah is that a number of a number of different schools or have you got one specifically in mind do you reckon that you're like this is the yeah, one I I've, go for? I've got a couple um so I've got Royal Central School of Speech and Drama which is a music theatre course and then there's Guildford School of Acting which is a musical theatre course so they're slightly different but um, not entirely sure which one it is that I want to go to yet. So <laughs> may I ask, what is the difference between a music theatre course and a musical theatre course? So, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm still trying to kind of work that out. <laughs> um, the the Guildford um, is very much kind of like acting, singing, dancing, West End training, mm. um, sort of like what you need to go and do that exact sort of career. Whereas the at Central, from what I can tell, it's a lot more. Um, incorporating music with acting and I think it's a lot more sort of divisive so um, it's a lot of trying to create stuff as well as performing it so it's not having that boundary between creating and performing it's all kind of combined and it seems sort of a lot more fluid um, and less sort of structured so they're both quite different things I think and I haven't quite worked out what it is that I want between between the two yeah so from the way you've described it, it's one is more in tr the traditional sense of these are musicals that exist and we train you to partake in those in, in the kind of traditional way. And the other is more about the generation of musicals. So is one more, I'm trying to figure out which one would be more raw technical musical stuff and which would be more step-by-step um, -step deliberate. Yeah. What do you, what do you reckon? Because creating musicals is difficult i've never tried to <laughs> but i've tried writing regular plays and that's not easy let alone chucking music in there at the same time so yeah i think i think it's like, um like in terms of central like they have modules which are sort of improvised modules so that everyone kind of improvises the the work together and then from that they basically write a piece that they they perform at the end of end of the year sort mm -hmm. of as a group whereas i think it, it Guildford from what I can tell it's less sort of creative in that sense and it's more sort of your given work that you then learn but that might be completely wrong I might have got the wrong end of the stick with that so <laughs> do you have a leaning you say you you don't know but do you have a leaning well so Guildford was my definite first choice um but I had an interview with Central the other week and they were really nice and I yeah since then I'm a bit like oh I don't know <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of going to wait and see if I get an offer 
and just deal with that then. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want to like in my head be like, no, nah, Guildford's definitely the one. Love Guildford. That's perfect. And then get into Central and not Guildford and then be like, oh, <laughs> well, that's yeah. good. You, you want to, I mean, because getting into drama school alone is a huge achievement. And so, you know, Massive. you don't want to end up almost taking away from that moment of when you do get in. Exactly. By, by it maybe not being the one that you're like, oh, but that was not my first choice or, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So just going to wait and see what happens, really. But yeah. fingers crossed something happens. <laughs> I've got all my fingers crossed. You oh, can't thanks, see that, babes. but I do. <laughs> um, as you mentioned earlier, you did your undergrad in music um, and particularly in jazz singing. And I know that you've partaken in various musicals and, and such before and you've done some acting before um but I've actually we've well so we've kept in contact throughout this pandemic <laughs> um partially by doing dance lessons over yes. zoom which has been fun you're thinking of me lots of dance lessons I've learned so much <laughs> I've had to watch Thanks. me fall over lots of times attempting pirouettes it's all right you've probably watched me fall over quite a few times as well um uh but that guy uh, for other reasons not attempting <laughs> just, just in general i'm just quite clumsy um obviously we did that over zoom which was interesting trying to a dance in various spaces such as kitchens and living rooms and bedrooms that there just wasn't enough space in um which was fun and it was all you know i i think it was just fun because obviously it's a couple of friends dancing around and we were having a nice time but how have you found going through the audition process um like doing everything over videos and, and zoom and, and all that kind of stuff yeah it's been uh it's been intense <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um it's just a completely different experience um because mm. when you do everything in person obviously you learn your rep and then you just turn up you do it and that's done and however it went you know you just got to deal with it and forget about it until you find out yeah. whereas sort of all the audition stuff that I've had to do has been self-tapes which is a completely different thing because it's you're applying to do you know a course where you're on stage but when you're when you're actually doing the audition you're acting for camera because you're filming yourself so it's a completely different way of acting because um I did it I did a like a an audition boot camp course with Mountview um which sort of talked about how to do self tapes and it's I mean I'm not good with technology at all um and it's quite intense, sort of the whole, you've got to have your eye placement in the right place, you've got to have the camera in the right place, you've got to have the correct frame, you've got to have the right lighting, you've got to write the, wear the right clothes. It's just, it's all, like the sound's got to be perfect. It's just like, it's, it's a lot, whereas normally you would just turn up, do your stuff and then leave. Yeah. So, and it's, it's so easy to then just go through it again and again and again and be like, oh, I need to um, change that one tiny bit. I was about to ask, there must be a rabbit yeah. hole of, you you because you get technically speaking infinite goes mm. at it at what point do you let it go and how often is it that you let it go and you'd be like exactly mm, maybe yeah. i should have well emily <laughs> emily experienced that firsthand <laughs> when she came and helped me film my dance tapes um and it kind of got to the point where we had to say right we've got these takes we're just going to choose the best one because there's bits that i do perfectly in one and then not as well in the other but then in the next well, i think especially because you had various exercises that you had to film which were quite short so we could you know do those quite a few times until the point that you know you've pretty much got all of it bang on kind of thing we were really mm. happy with all of that but then you also had to record about a three minute dance routine 
Yeah. And I mean, the chance of there not being even a single step or eyeline or whatever amongst those three minutes that you don't watch back and go, oh, oh, I could have done that tiny bit slightly better. Like, it's just not realistically going to happen. So we just had to get to a point where we were like, okay, that performance was great. Everything looked great. Maybe there were one or two points whereby this could have been marginally altered that might have been slightly technically better. But like, yeah, just had to go for overall, overall feel and and the overall sort of, um, yeah, just, just what the overall vibe was. Exactly. (laughs) The performance you did there. Yeah. It makes it quite difficult, but I think it's, it's nice when you finally get, get a take and then you're like, yeah, that's, that's perfect. That'll do. That's the one. I've got, I've got a great reel of outtakes with me swearing all over the place. And (laughs) and I've got a great one where I do an amazing take and the microphone is turned off. So you can just see me miming like, "Mm." (laughs) Um, yeah, so (laughs) that was great. But, but yeah, it's, um, it's been quite intense, but I would definitely recommend um, for anybody listening, um, if anybody is sort of looking at courses, um, have a look at the institution and then any short courses they're doing because the Mount View short course really helped me with the audition boot camp. Um, and I know that Central does lots of really short courses as well, like they do like short acting courses, acting for film, all of that. And it's it's a really good way to get get the vibe of the institution and see whether you like mm. the way that they teach stuff. Because I mean, I learned so much from doing that um, that audition boot camp. So. Would definitely recommend having a look at on a side note <laughs> having a look at what they offer <laughs> that's really cool though. i didn't realize a lot of schools did that kind of stuff that yeah cool. and in, in lockdown loads of them have been virtual as well so you, it's not like you have to yeah. turn up and do it like you can do it online so yeah you don't cool. have to be based what's the metric for a, if you don't mind my asking like for a dance audition because obviously so i know next to nothing about <laughs> dance um like from a technical standpoint I could probably give you a decent rundown in terms of, oh yeah, if you had to do a monologue, you probably have to hit these beats, whatnot. What's the, when you're looking through, and this is probably a question to both of you actually, both teacher and student, um, when you're looking through a take, what are the details you look for? And in terms of, especially Cheska coming from the fact that you weren't a dancer beforehand. So you're learning, not I imagine not quite from scratch, but that process of, okay, you're looking to audition for a school that really want detail from you, that really want to see you potentially new. How do you how do you go about and analyze your takes for what are you looking for? You're looking for posture, foot placement, uh, how you point your toes. I really know very little about dance. Um, <laughs> well, I'd say that I mean, obviously Emily knows a lot more about this than I do. Um, I'd say that what I kind of got from the boot camp and what Emily has also said is that because I'm not a dancer. Um, I've never been trained in dancing until I started having lessons with them. Um, then I'm never going to be able to do everything perfectly, whereas they're looking for someone who... No, don't say never. <laughs> never. Well, no, at the, currently, <laughs> at this particular point in my life, <laughs> I would not be able to do stuff as well as a, a professional dancer um, or someone who's been dancing since they were tiny, like Emily has. Um, so I think it's really they're looking for someone who can feel the music and who can engage with the storyline sort of of the movement um, and can also Mm. sort of show that they're enjoying what they're doing but can also sort of feel the rhythm and feel the beat and show that they can move through through the music where because if they can see that you can feel the music they can teach you the steps and teach you the posture and the things 
obviously they don't want you to be completely awful like it's good to show that you can do some of the movement stuff mm. but it's more important to show that you can you can feel it and you can like react to the the vibe of the dancing emily would you agree did i answer that correctly well, you've been very flattering so thank you um <laughs> But yeah, and I, I think, well, so I spoke to a couple of friends who've been to drama school about, and a couple of whom are not primarily dancers, and I don't think they'll be offended by me saying that. <laughs> um, and so I asked them how they went about their dance auditions and, and what their schools that they did go to expected, and they all agreed that it's performance is what they're looking for. And I remember, Cheska, you were getting really in your own head over certain things mm. about like, you're like, oh, but my kicks aren't that high or, you know, um, I can't do a triple pirouette. It's like, <laughs> well, no, because you've been dancing for a few months. So yeah. <laughs> that's fine. And um, I think one of the things I often said to you was that it's a lot harder to teach musicality than it is technical ability. So if you can show, and also it's, it's for musicals. So, you know, if you can perform the number not just oh I'm smiling great but if you're actually acting through it as well you know that that's what you want on a musical theatre course surely um and yeah that you can show you've got rhythm you are feeling the music and and everything they can do stretch classes with you to improve your flexibility like that's easy it's the other stuff that's harder to teach yeah definitely so I imagine my follow-up then to that question would be how did you, what were some of the, the steps you took in your in your head to confront, You've there's a little bit in there which I really like that you mentioned in terms of pitching yourself, at, oh, I can't do this, this and this. Considering how the, I imagine, so the singing part and the acting part, that's something you have experience in. What was it like and how did you wrangle that mindset to go to something almost completely fresh and have to start with the knowledge that you had to compete this to a certain standard um how did you what was what was your mindset behind that how did you how did you go about thinking thinking through those those steps yeah um I guess in a number of ways number of ways really I mean I worked really hard on it once I sort of knew what it was that I had to do um I put a lot of time into um into sort of trying to make it as good as I, I could um I mean I think once I actually knew that I was gonna be doing the self tapes I was doing a good sort of like three or four hours of practice sort of a day um with stretching and everything so I'd say that that's like a big thing is I just kind of said like right because because I think it once you know that you've put your all into it and that you've done absolutely everything that you can to the best of your ability that's all you can do isn't it really and I think that's kind of the mindset that I had was that I knew that I couldn't have done better than that and I couldn't have put more energy into it and so whatever happens, happens, because that's, you know, I'm putting the best of me out there. And I think I kind of had to have that mindset at the end of it. Um, and I think also just enjoy it, like with the the dance that I did for Central, which Emily choreographed for me, because she's amazing. Um, <laughs> um, at, by the end of it, you know, we were just, I was just enjoying it, wasn't I really? And just kind of going yeah. for it. And I think... And I also want to say that you improved so much i mean so when did we first start dance lessons it must have been november october yeah september? about october november time um yeah. and so it's now well we recorded was it at the very end of april mm. um and our first lesson it took us about <laughs> an hour to go through 
first position, second position in ballet, and now yeah. you're doing a three minute routine with pirouettes and high kicks and jumps. Like the amount you've improved is insane, and you have worked so hard. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna oh, put thanks, that out. There. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. <laughs> um, um, well, thanks. Got a lot to say. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, hard work is always... I mean, I definitely find that when I've got a deadline or something to work for, or I've got a, a short time period, mm-hmm. I make a lot more progress. So, like, when we started doing it, and it was, like, weekly lessons, but there was no sort of immediate sort of deadline to work to, I find it harder to motivate myself, where as soon as I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I've got to do mm. these, you know, these things by this date, I find it a lot more... Um, I found it a lot easier to get sort of my head in the right space. Um, yeah, I get that. Yeah, and I think it's. I think yeah. definitely I've, we've learnt from that experience. The sort of moving on from that. I think trying to set myself sort of deadlines so that even though I'm not performing to somebody, I've got like a limited time period to to complete something or to learn something, which means that I'll just be more on it and more focused. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting. I find it quite hard, honestly setting deadlines in a way that for myself mm. sometimes like it can it can t- it takes quite a lot of discipline honestly to say i have a deadline for myself and i'm going to keep it for my like with no one looking over you in terms of saying if you don't reach this deadline you know be it the case of an essay or a performance or something if it's just for you i think it's a skill and a discipline worth cultivating i think there's something to be said for the insight given by obviously the difference between when you had a deadline mm, and didn't definitely. um i'd say you also find it, it's something do i you need find to find it just to, sure. do you find it that you're able to set your own deadlines just as well as you are to sort of follow ones that are imposed upon you because i'm the same as harry i mm. am much better with a deadline but as soon as it's my own one it's definitely not as good as an external one i think it depends you know i think to be honest one thing that's really helped me is when i graduated I had a good year or so of not having a singing teacher um, and I really struggled to motivate myself to sort of mm. get on top of stuff and in the last sort of eight months maybe I've started having singing lessons again and just having someone who just says like right we're going to work on this this week and then next week we're going to go and work on this so I want you to do this for this week really helps because in my head I was like no I've graduated now like I've got to make it on my own you know I've got to like I've done the whole education thing whereas actually it's okay to sort of have people throughout your career who are your mentors and my, my singing teachers still yeah. have singing teachers now and then and singing lessons and I think it really helped me to have somebody who was sort of putting time into me and backing me and helping me set those deadlines so like with our dance lessons it wouldn't ever be me being like, okay, I'm just going to try and set this deadline for myself. Mm. You know, we would, like Emily and I, I'm assuming we would talk about it and, and work it out together. And I feel like that helps a lot because it means that you're not just trying to come up with something on your own. But I think mm. I definitely, um, I definitely do find that when I have tried to set deadlines just completely on my own, I don't really stick to them as well as I do if there's someone else, even if it's not someone sort of adjudicating me or sort of marking me just having somebody else to sort of help me come up with those deadlines because I'm quite good at setting myself too many tasks as well whereas having Mm -hmm. someone because I think sort of when I graduated I kind of said right I've got to just do the singing thing right Ah, yes me and Emily don't know anyone who sets (laughs) way too many tasks for themselves in an unreasonable manner (laughs) um 
Not a single person on this call has that in common with you, Jessica. I think it's quite a common trait, isn't it? Um, but it's, it's quite helpful having someone who just says, no, like this week we're just working on this. And it just yeah. it focuses everything. So, yeah, never be afraid to have lessons with someone because... Yeah. You can always and, no, I mean, and that isolation, that isolation, I think, is something we've touched on before. When you come out and you're ejected into mm. the world, all of a sudden, it's like, well, I don't have an institution at my back. I don't have anything. It's me. And if it's anything other than me, it's less than the story that I've set out mm. for myself. And I think that's actually very important advice to say to go out no go and find a mentor go and find no one at any level yeah just because you've left is better off isolated doesn't mean that yeah. you have to be on your own or that you can't still have that mentoring or some level of teaching or whatever exactly, um, exactly. i think it's important to have someone who inspires you and and you know because i think when there's someone who you work with and who you look up to and who kind of shows you like yeah this is where you could get to if you put the time in and like who is putting that energy into you it's so much more motivating because it just makes you realize that you're not having to do it all on your own and that people have been through things just the same way as you have and have come out the other side and it just yeah it's just very helpful yeah um and speaking of uh that after you graduated so I can't remember exactly the timeline of when you decided that you no longer wanted to go into singing as your sole profession and that you mm. you moved over to musical theatre. So was that during that sort of year or so since you graduated? Or yes. I mean, I know you were having <laughs> doubts <laughs> a bit before you left, but yeah, it was kind of maybe a bit be able of to a... talk about that a bit. Yeah, it's quite a long story, so I'll try and cut it down. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of a roller coaster. There we go. We got time. <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, when I uh, sort of went to uni, I decided to do music because I I wasn't ready to sort of specialise in what it was that I wanted to do yet. Um, and whilst I was at school, everyone kind of referred to me as kind of like, oh yeah, she's kind of the jazz singer. She's the one that sings jazz because she's got that sort of voice. And so I was like, right, I might as well, you know, go and do jazz at uni then. That sounds like what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and even though I'd been trained in musical theatre at school, I kind of always knew that I'd be able to get involved in shows sort of with societies and it would always be a part of my life. And so I wanted to go and explore something completely different. Um, and I learned a lot from studying jazz that I wouldn't have learned from doing musical theatre. You know, I learned how to to scat sing and improvise and transcribe music and arrange music and lead bands and all of that that comes with being a jazz musician um which was great but I think it also really sort of affected my um self-confidence just because whenever I sort of tried to I did lots of gigs whilst I was at uni but I would always come off stage being like oh just just didn't really feel right like it just didn't quite click um, and then I'd come off stage from doing shows with the uh, Performing Arts Society and I'd be like, ah! <laughs> um, just like absolutely loving it. Um, and so I kind of got quite sort of down about about that, to be honest. And it, it really affected my confidence with my singing. Um, and I didn't put the time into it. Like whenever I had to practice, I was always a bit like, oh, I just, just don't want to. And so I sort of picked up some quite, not bad, but sort of less good uh, vocal technique um because I wasn't really putting the training in um and I didn't really know why I mean when I finished my degree I was really proud of it because I did this 
this big recital and went very extra and had backing singers and everything and I kind of like got to that point I was like okay I've done this performance like I'm very proud of that we'll just move on it's probably just like I don't didn't know why I'd been a bit ugh about singing um and then so for the next sort of year or so I tried year and a half and until Covid happened <laughs> yeah. I was uh trying to make it as a as a freelance vocalist and I was doing like quite a few gigs around Sheffield I had a jazz quintet and a function group um and played at some like fairly cool venues played at the Les Car, which is there's one like the parliamentary jazz awards so it was quite we were doing all right um but I just wasn't really enjoying it and I think it took me quite a long time to realize why that was and I think it was it was when I started having lessons, I tried a couple of different teachers from jazz courses at conservatoires. And what I came away from those, what I got from those lessons was that I'd finished the lesson and they'd be like, great, so what you need to work on is, you know, you're scatting, you didn't do the right scale here. Uh, you could have used this mode over this chord instead of that one. And they didn't talk at all about how I was connecting with the audience or how I was connecting to the story of the music or all of that. And I think... Jazz is such an expressive music, but it's expressive in a very different way to the sort of way that I've performed before. And so, whereas when I go on stage, I would not be thinking about what notes I was singing whilst I was improvising. I'd be thinking about how I was connecting to the audience and what the story was and, you know, trying to trying to get that message across. Mm. Whereas the instrumentalists that I was sort of performing with, or they would be like, oh, well, you know, I just did the 13th over that chord and I just did this mode over this and things and they kind of rated the improvisations based on a lot of it was based on how they used their harmony to be expressive and how they use their like melodic variations to be expressive which is just a completely different way of performing for me and I think once I realized that I was just a bit like ah oh, that makes sense because this just isn't how I how I perform, I don't perform and think about that, I perform in a completely different way. Um, sorry, this is a long-ass story. No, it's um, really interesting, actually. And so I kind of then had a bit of a think and was like, right, cool, so jazz isn't for me, and I was like, maybe I'm just not supposed to be a performer. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to, don't know how to do the scat thing, don't know, you know, how to improvise and, and emote that way. So I was like, right, I'm going to go and do something like climate change related. I'm going to start a business that solves all the world's eco problems. <laughs> um, I had that sort of going around in my head for a couple of weeks. And I sat down with my boyfriend and I was like, do you think I'm making the right decision? You know, just quitting, quitting performing. And he was like, um, <laughs> well. <laughs> um, and he was basically, it was the conversation, that conversation that we had where he was like, the happiest you've ever been is when you're on stage doing musical theatre. So sort of when I was part of the Performing Arts Society and when we were doing musical after musical, like he was like, that's the happiest you've ever been. And he was like, I don't see why, when you have something that makes you that happy, you wouldn't pursue it and try and take it as far as you possibly can because that's, that's obviously when you feel most sort of content in yourself and you feel like you can express yourself. And I was like, oh, wow, that's just thrown a spanner in the works, that has. <laughs> um, so I sort of went away and was like, right, so let's have a little think. <laughs> um, 
And I was like, all right, I'll just have a little look at the, the courses online. Because in my head, it was musical theatre had turned into something that was my sort of escape and it was my passion, but it was also kind of my hobby and mm. it was something that I did on the side for me. And I don't know why I just hadn't thought about, oh yeah, that's that could be a thing that I go and do. And I was like, right, I'll just have a look at some courses online. And I looked at the Mountview Musical Theatre Masters and it just it just clicked. I was just like, right, that's actually just, that sounds like me in a shell, mm. nutshell. Um, like, and I was reading through the modules and I was just, it just made me so excited and instantly I was like, God, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And instantly started practicing, wanted to practice, had loads of stuff I wanted, started researching musical theatre people and it just all clicked for me. And like my passion just came back as soon as I sort of stopped trying to push myself into this direction that I had assumed I was supposed to be going in when I was sort of, you know, 16 I actually sort of had that time to really think about what it was that was working for me and what it was that I wanted to do and was right for my soul, I guess. <laughs> um, and then it just, yeah, it just made sense. And I think it's having that confidence to actually, once you've put yourself down a path, to actually be like, mm, this is not for me. I'm going to stop and work out what I need to do and change path. It's quite a difficult thing to do. Because it can be quite scary when you've got all of this stuff set up and suddenly you're going, oh, no, that's that's not working. Let's try something completely new. But I've yeah. been I've been a completely different person and my relationship with my music has been so different since I made that switch, really. And from there, I did the, the Mount View boot camp. Um, and the woman who took that actually is now my singing teacher, who's a current West End lead. Um, she's been in things like everyone's talking about Jamie um, and she was Miss Honey and Matilda um, she's been in Adrian Mole, Child in the Chocolate Factory so she's been in loads of stuff and since having a teacher who really inspires me and studying something that actually like I wake up and I'm like oh yeah I'm going to do some singing today and just work on that it's just completely changed my whole perspective and actually the fact that the fact that I now have this passion my mindset's completely different because in my head I'm like, oh, well, even if I don't get into drama school, it's okay because I know that I'll still have my singing teacher and I'll still be passionate about it and I'll just try again next year. It's not like, oh, well, if I don't get in, I guess I'm not good enough because I know that I'm still, I'm always going to be passionate about it. And so I'm always going to have that, if that makes sense. So that's a very long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> any any no, questions? It's, <laughs> it's, it is really interesting to hear how that whole process went for you because I, I do remember actually calling you I think I was having to self-isolate I didn't have COVID I'd come into contact with someone who did um and I was just feeling a bit sorry for myself because I was stuck in my room in my flat and I so I gave you a ring and I was like how are you doing blah, blah, blah. and I remember you saying that you were going to go down this route of climate change and I was like <laughs> oh that's really cool like very different to everything you said before but like cool awesome yeah. And then I had to self-isolate again. Joys of living in city centre during pandemic. Again, did not have it. <laughs> and so I called you back life. and this was literally just a few weeks later. And I was like, oh, so like, have you thought any more about like what you're going to do to start doing all this climate change things? And you're like, yeah, no. So I've changed my mind again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, okay. it, was a bit, it was a bit up and down. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no. It, and so, yeah, it's, it's nice to sort of properly hear how that whole process went for you. And I guess 
I, I just wonder how, how you found that process of realising that Chaz wasn't for you. I mean, obviously you've talked through kind of the mechanics of it, but I, I, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but I know I have, that trying to get into the arts, I found a lot of people have, you know, said things like, well, are you sure? Because, you know, it's, it's really difficult for all kinds of different reasons. And so, you know, you have to be really sure if you want to go down this path. And I've been like, yeah, yeah, completely sure. And so then whenever I've even altered my mind slightly I've been like oh god maybe I wasn't as sure as I <laughs> thought I was all the times I said that um and so I just wondered if you ever have felt those kind of pressures as well or you know what <laughs> I had a singing my singing teacher at uni I really didn't get on with to start off with mm. because she um she wasn't very uh diplomatic in some of the advice that she gave and right one of the things that she often said when I was singing she goes are you sure you want to be a jazz singer like really it can be a bit tricky and a bit difficult and at the time when I was like yeah I want to be a jazz singer I'd be like oh my god she doesn't think I'm good enough (laughs) and get really upset and now I look back and I'm like gosh she was so right absolutely did not want that like my heart was not in it and at the time I found that really like oh god she just thinks I'm awful how could she be that that you know just sort of blunt with me but she was so right I think to be in the arts your heart has to be in it you have to it doesn't it shouldn't matter whether you are insanely successful or not you know it's it's about the it's about doing what you love isn't it and 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 making a difference through your art and I think that she was so right that my heart wasn't in it and therefore there was absolutely no way I was going to succeed because I was I was not going to put the time in and also Every time I got knocked down, which does happen in this industry, I wouldn't have the passion to pick myself back up again. Mm. Um, and like my whole mindset with it is completely different now that I am doing something that I really care about. And so I think, I think it's it's really important to to make sure that what you're doing is the thing that you know means the world to you. And if it's not, that's okay. Like it doesn't matter that you haven't quite found your your niche yet. It's, it's all about exploring things and trying things and working out what works and what doesn't work. Um, yeah. And having the confidence to be like, that was not for me, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really good piece of advice. Um, and I think I also feel like the thing that you love doing, to me, it's just important that you do it. And you kind of touched on like, it, it sort of doesn't really matter the degree of success that you have in terms of professionally. And, you know, I also think that for some people, even if actually because of your current circumstances you end up doing whatever it is that you love as a hobby or whatever like that's still giving you that outlet and that's that's what it's about um and yes if you can turn it into your career that's amazing but um yeah it's just it's just finding ways to do what you love I guess definitely and I think also it's it's one of those things where you know you never know whether you'll be successful in the arts do you you know it's such a hit or miss sort of industry Mm. but I always sort of think if I didn't give it a go I would regret it sort of for the rest of my life I'd rather give it absolutely everything I've got knowing that it's my passion and then being like "Mm, no didn't you know wasn't for me or I've managed to find this route or this route that wasn't exactly what I was expecting but I've put everything into it instead of being like oh it's a bit I don't know I'm not sure it's a bit difficult I might just not try in case I get knocked down because you just you can't live your life like that, can you? No, I've said the exact same thing so One many of, times. 
what I've always found so interesting, and I think the arts is is indicative of this more than in a lot of things. Is so what? And maybe I'm being overly general in the way that I speak of this, but most people, especially when they look at you and want to, they love train tracks. They love going. Oh, especially you see it through school, through uni. We, where are you going? What's your career? What's your what's this? And throughout your life, your decisions are made in air of this big goal of this road that you're traveling mm. down. Um, and I think what's really fascinating about, especially the way that the arts are talked about, especially by those who aren't in it, um, is, and again, maybe I'm being overly, overly judgmental and overly harsh, but there seems to be this strange higher kind of standard that the arts is held to, which is like, oh, you'd, you'd better want to do this because it's difficult. And then if you don't do it, all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, well, we said you couldn't have done it. Mm. Or if you change your mind on it, they're like, oh, well, why have you changed your mind if you were so, you know, there's a strange amount of guilt that's wrapped in this, this, this idea of like, oh, you can't change your mind. Once you've committed, you've committed. That's it. And then anything less than that. But in the first place, you're constantly hounded about whether or not it's the right way to go. It's like, no, it's totally worth what you enjoy now and what you mm. love now going for as far as you can and even if down the end of the line as you've both said you, all you can turn back and say is well i gave it my best shot and you know it seems so strange to me because it's not just the arts it's in any career that you choose to go down that by and we've had this discussion before by 25 that's it you're on the way and no like it, there's perfectly there is absolutely nothing wrong with either in your case cheska where you go you've I've, you've sat on this jazz singer route and then you've turned around and you've discovered what you've really found and impassioned and you're passionate about and that's the direction you go but even then in a year you may find something else and that's perfectly okay too and the same with me and you emily it's like in a year in two years five years something else might come well, up I think also as you and that's perfectly up, okay like, you change as a person you you grow up you evolve and, and things and just as I mean, I've had may maybe not such a big turnaround in what I'm doing as as you, Cheska. But I mean, when I was much younger, I always thought I wanted to act, and then I realised actually no, I think it's directing that I want to do. And I mean, even now, I've always said I want to work in theatre, but I'm actually currently working in TV, which I am also really enjoying. And mm -hmm. um, you know, I think yeah, I think it's okay to to evolve and, and try different things and and yeah just just work out what works for you as you were saying earlier and it's and it's so important to know that it's yeah, okay even if even if 100 people are going to turn around and say oh well that's that person they flip flop all over they, you know they're not going to do this that and the other or like even in the case of your music teacher cheska which seems like an insane way to teach someone <laughs> if i'm perfectly honest but I'm not I'm not a jazz singing teacher so you know I'm going to stay in my lane a little bit. It seems like that's the kind of so the strange paradox about that story for me is I'm like <laughs> the spiteful side of me is like no. <laughs> Wrong. But you're thankfully much more sanguine than me apparently and you're like oh no I actually respect that opinion of this person I'm like no. <laughs> she cannot be right. Um so you know there's other people in the equation of your life will always play a part and i think it takes a lot to make sure that you understand how much of a part they're going to play and you know you are you are the whatever that line is about the master of my own destiny or whatever i'm sure there's a very eloquent way that i'm not saying it um 
but yeah i think there's there's something to be said in in a story where everyone's saying this is what i want to do and i've been through the ups and downs and rather than turning around and saying no i've got the heart to turn around and say yeah i can i'm going to change my mind i'm going to go for this and this and and discovering that yeah this is what i love to do and this is what i'm going to continue doing um yeah i think that's so true i think also it's working in the arts it's not a case of you do the same thing day in and day out is it? it's not like an you know i worked for for a no, year true. in um in a re- recruitment team for a uni and it was just you know every day went did the same thing and then left again and that was that was kind of it whereas i think it's such a you know the whole industry is about collaboration and it's so fluid in terms of the different work that you can do um and so you're always coming into contact with people who've had different experiences who have different talents who have different interests who have different backgrounds who you know, you, you know, you're not going to work with the same people. Well, normally you wouldn't work with the same people mm-hmm. all the time. You know, you're working on different projects all the, like, constantly. And so you're always going to come across someone and be like, oh, wow, they've done that. That's amazing. That's, that's you know, I'd like to try that. And take t- that takes you down that route. And then you meet someone else and you think, oh, wow. And then you have this whole sort of amalgamation of all of these different experiences and the influences that you've sort of gained from these various creatives that you've collaborated with and so you're going to be constantly changing your mind because you're constantly gaining new experiences and meeting other people and I think that's such a normal thing in in the industry you can't just do the same thing day in day out because Mm -hmm. it just doesn't work like that and so it's completely natural to have to change change your plan um I I think think it's good it's it's good to be inspired I think that's a really cool way to think about it yeah I really like that Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, do you want to play a game? Well, it depends on the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, to be fair, I still don't really know why okay. we call it a game. It's more oh, of a thought okay. experiment. Well, we've had this argument all series. Um, <laughs> so the game is basically we give you a brief or a scenario that you might come across whilst you're, you know, going about finding work etc and all we want to know is how you would go about solving this brief or going about this scenario um, okay or even just how you attack it from yeah, thinking yeah. about it okay um, so are you ready i'm ready okay you've been asked to put together a set for a performance with the brief musicals with a twist how do you go about constructing the set what songs do you choose and how would you twist them Gosh, that is a hard question. So, uh, how would I go about constructing the set? I think I would start off with just listening to lots of songs. Normally when I'm trying to put a set together, I just do loads of listening um, and sort of choose the, the main songs that really jump out to me and then try and sort of find a sort of thread through them that kind of connects them whether that's through sort of feel or sort of story because I I quite like having when you have a set it's quite nice to sort of have a narrative through that even if the songs aren't naturally interlinked it's quite nice to have sort of whether it's a journey through emotion so you sort of build and then come down or whether it's through um, the context of the music so I would definitely do a lot of research on that I'd look into sort of good ways to to twist musical theatre and things that have done, been done before, maybe try and do something different. Um, 
what songs would I do? I don't know that I know exactly which songs I would choose. That's okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if I could choose exact songs, but I think I would choose ones that um, were quite contrasting and meant something to me and had a good message um, and were also fun. Um, and yeah, and then twist, I don't know. I think it would depend on how I, which songs I chose. Um, yeah, possibly trying to sort of create some sort of narrative that sort of created a new story that interlinked those songs. Ooh, I don't know cool. if that, that answers the question at all. Definitely. It seems like an interesting twist to me, taking songs from different musicals and trying to weave a new story from it. I think that sounds like a pretty fascinating uh, set to be on oh, stage. Oh, I'm glad. So, <laughs> applause. <laughs> You win oh, the game. Yeah, this is why it's a game, play, Harry. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it, it, it's the sarcasm. That's why it doesn't make any sense. It would have been sad if I'd lost. <laughs> That's true. Like, so how no do you one. lose? <laughs> <laughs> um, we also like to give everyone thirty seconds to plug whatever they like, whether it's themselves, stuff you have got coming up, or stuff you want to do, or just basically anything you wanna you wanna say, really. Um, things that I would like to plug. Um, I'm actually going to do a shout out to my friends. Uh, so my friend Kate Griffin is part of a band called Mishra. Defo looked them up. They're a global folk collective. And she's doing amazing stuff. She's just won an arts council bid to go to Mozambique to record an album. Um, she's doing bits. So check her out. Um, and yeah, with me, I my quintet is called the Jessica Grace Quintet doing jazzy stuff um and hopefully soon I will be doing musical theatre work once I get into drama school fingers crossed um and anything that I'd like to say is mostly just to anybody listening just back yourself I think in this industry you know it's that old saying that no one else is going to do it for you so you've got to got you get yourself there and you know back yourself and I think it's just a hard industry so you've just got to have the thing that you're passionate about and trust yourself and just yeah just put your all into it and know that know that you're doing the right thing for you and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about what you're doing because um, as long as you're enjoying it that's really all that matters isn't it so no. that's we're going, we're going <laughs> soft then I think that was more than 30 <laughs> seconds I didn't set a timer <laughs> <laughs> so there you go that's uh that's me. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you, Cheska. Um, oh, thanks I really for appreciate me. it. Um, and you always have such sage advice. So <laughs> thank you for sharing it. Thanks, babe. <laughs> I think I, I honestly, what a good, what a good conversation. I know, <laughs> Cheska's such a good egg. What a good conversation in general. Yeah, but. I mean. I just, I just think it's actually like it's legitimately. I think it's super important what we're touching on there about the fact that you, because I think you know so many people must feel so much guilt in any profession about the fact of like uh, some need to some some need to to stick it out mm. or because you've said something a year ago that this is what you're going to do that you've got to keep. Or doing even it. just this Honestly, pressure think, of, yeah. all, but you know you've put all of this effort and work into pursuing this one thing, so 
it's this idea of like, well, all that work and effort's gone down the drain if you change to do something else, when that's just not yeah, the case. Yeah, it's, like, it's for nothing. Because you always is, build yeah, on things untrue. that you've learned. And even if, you know, y- you've been working on one particular thing and you move over to something else, it's not as if those experiences won't help you with whatever you go and do, even if in a slightly more indirect manner. Um, and the fascinating thing about, obviously, Cheska's story specifically in that all of her jazz training will do nothing but benefit mm. how she approaches musical theatre. Absolutely. Um, even though she may not be... And, like, it was honestly fascinating to hear the way that, like, the training for jazz singers was so internalised as opposed to her perspective, which was so much more about externalization Mm. right audience versus performance kind of thing and i think you know as she was saying it i was like oh no musical theater was the thing that you were looking for yeah yeah and it's interesting (laughs) Um, and you could you could almost hear her like as she was telling the story going like well of course this makes sense now but at the time it Hmm. didn't (laughs) and that's also so true because when you're living something it's so hard to see that external perspective um and to be able to just look at the facts of what you're going through and go right well what does fit here um and that's also why actually sometimes you know chatting to friends to family to people who are close to you who really know what you're going through can be really useful not because you necessarily need someone to tell you what to do but just to help provide that perspective and and stuff that Ben. um, well yeah and for your own sake sometimes just saying it out loud helps you work through you know um those those things so it was a a dope perspective a dope perspective and very most people i would argue most people have if they're going to have an experience like it have it way later into their careers Mm. and i think there's a level of there's probably a level of maturity and and sanguine advice that would be well taken by by many people um to you know always remember that if you that you can't you can you can move forward with anything and change your mind and and you know make a left turn where everyone thought you'd take a right I think definitely yeah nothing but you know good things to come out of of that kind of conversation and also and I think you'll be okay with me saying this but what a lovely person to have as our last guest for this series <gasps> you've given, I've it given away. the game away is that okay giving the game I away. gave it away now oh more than it more than <laughs> okay. no I think it's a uh, yeah I, I think it's a fantastic ender um yeah. I suppose suffer through the two of us <laughs> chatting next week yes. for, for so yeah we are going to have things. another episode next week um, but it will just be the two of us chatting through things that we've gotten out of this first series both in terms this of first series breaking into podcasting and uh, also just from all <laughs> these you know conversations we've had with various people and all their different perspectives and experiences and stuff um, it's been a time it, has. it really has been a time that's um, gonna know it's gonna be a good conversation yeah, next week. No, I'm probably less heavy than some of the ones we've had well you never know maybe we did some real soul searching through learning yeah. how to edit maybe, audio. maybe we'll catch each other on like a really bad day <laughs> and both of us will just be kind of like what are, what are we doing <laughs> um well, hopefully not yeah but no i completely agree i think that's a fantastic guest to, to round off series one um are not quite dozen episodes yes. <laughs> one someone got lost uh, oh well that's a conversation for next week um for yes for another yeah. day thank you for listening to the importance of staying earnest if you want to keep up with us outside of the podcast you can follow us on twitter and instagram at tiose underscore podcast or on facebook at the importance of staying earnest podcast 
If you would like to reach out to us, you can find us at tiose.podcast at gmail.com. Please drop us a review if you enjoyed and we'll see you next time.